0: Welcome to Star Techies. This podcast will get inside the minds of some of the brightest stars in the field of technology. In this episode of Star Techies, we talk to Caroline Solquer. Caroline is certainly making waves in the Swedish tech scene. She's just been named as Sweden's IT Woman of the Year for 2019, has founded companies, was co-initiated of the Me Too movement in Sweden, and is currently Head of Innovation at Nordic Tech House. To top it off, she's even a certified personal trainer. We talked to her about how she went from working as a sailor to becoming a TEDx speaker, her advice to others thinking about working in the tech industry, and her biggest passion in life changing the world. Thank you very much for joining us today, Caroline. Before we started recording, we were talking about how people from more isolated areas are making a really positive impact on the Swedish tech scene. Funnily enough, you said you also grew up on a very small island. So it'd be wonderful to hear about your background and how that shaped you as a person. Where is the island that you grew up on located? Is it quite far from Stockholm?
1: Yeah, Quite far. I'm from a small island outside of Gothenburg, so it's mm-hmm. on the west coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the island is Ukira. Quite hard to pronounce in English. <laughs> And how many inhabitants does it have? Uh, Well, there are ten islands that are like together, um, uh, and uh, so I don't know specifically on my island, but together on those ten islands, there are around thirteen thousand. So quite small. It's quite small, definitely. (laughs) And is that something that really shaped you into the person you are? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I always, I always had like really big dreams, and always had. so many things that I wanted to achieve in many ways and always wanted to you know, see the world. So yeah, definitely to live in that small space, I guess was a way to really push me away, like to really push me out in the world. And how old were you when you left? When I was 14, I started to work as a sailor, uh, but, the, but I still lived like when I actually was home in Sweden, I still lived with my parents on the island. But then I moved from that island when I was 19.
0: You were a professional working sailor at 14, not many people can say that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, how did you have that ambition to become a sailor?
1: Uh, yeah, so so when I was 13 I was out sailing with my class and uh, the girl who was uh, the chef on board that boat, she was so cool. She was 19 year old old and she had big red hair and I was just like, wow, <laughs> what a girl. And she told me that I, could, uh, that I should go with her and be her chef student. Uh, and I just felt that, yes, this is my purpose with life. Uh, so I did that. And it turns out that most people that are on sailing vessels, they're there to sail, not to cook. <laughs> so I really quickly got promoted to be uh, the head chef myself when I was 14. Uh, and for me, that was a really... I, I always really enjoyed taking responsibility like maybe not like but to have responsibilities and to feel that you know i'm the one who who's in charge and i make the decisions i really enjoy that feeling so to be 14 and be in charge of like all the cooking all the like buying of food and uh, for the economy for the food and everything that was really like back then and uh, for many still uh, of course for me as well now like it's a big responsibility uh, and i really enjoyed that so and also to be out and see the world and so on so then when i was uh, 15 or 16 when in, uh, i was going to gymnasium so uh, almost like swedish high school mm-hmm. uh, i didn't know what school to choose but i heard that there was a, say like a uh, like a uh, chef education for sailors so you became a sailing chef uh, so obviously i choose that one uh, so uh, uh, I'm actually an uh, educated sea chef. <laughs> so then when I was done with school, when I was uh, 18, I started to work on like real boats, like container ships and oil tanks and those type of boats. Uh, but all all since I was 14, I had this dream of working on a, on a boat that's called Gunilla, which was a sailing high school or Seglande sa- gym- gymnasium. Uh, and uh, one day when I was uh, 20, I got the email from them asking me if I wanted to work there. So then I did work there for three years, uh, which was really amazing. Being out, it, it like pirates of the Caribbean, that type of boat. And we used to sail around the world together with 44 uh, 16 to 19 year olds. Um, and you know, you saw so many fantastic places, met really cool and inspiring people. Uh, but then, when I was 23, I got some type of uh, life crisis and I felt that oh no, no, I'm so old. <laughs> so so yeah. So then I quit and uh, moved to Stockholm and started to study.
0: So why did you then decide to study for a double major in business and computer science at Stockholm University?
1: The reason I chose tech wasn't like it was actually because I was looking at all education. Because when I was young, I never thought that I would even study at the university. I never saw myself as someone who would do that. I you thought, you know, that I would be a sailing chef forever uh, So when I decided to start to study, I mean that in itself was a really big step for me to even like say that Yes, this is something I want to do. So then I, uh, I Started to look at all educations like everything like really really everything and I remember this really important um, um, second in my life when I was sitting at my then a boyfriend's apartment, and he had actually studied at KTH uh, computer science, and we I had this big pile of uh, like brochures from different uh, universities and different educations, and I just got so sick of it, so I took it and I just threw it in the uh, on the floor and just said that I'm it, there's no point of doing this anymore. I'm I'm never gonna find uh, something I want to study, and then he told me like yeah, but what about uh, computer science and. I remember looking at him and, you know, because for me, computer science and tech, you know, it was this, you know, pale guys in a basement drinking energy drinks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, "Ah, I don't really think that's for me. But then he looked at me and said something that would stick with me forever. He said, of course, you should study tech, Carolyn, because tech is the future. There is where everything is happening. And that, I mean, that sounded really cool. (laughs) So I decided to try And I I remember my first day of of university, I was really, really scared because I thought that, okay, it will be me. And then there will just be a bunch of guys who already know how to code, who already know everything about tech, you know, and I saw myself as, you know, I wouldn't understand anything. But then I came there. And first of all, I saw that there were other females, which was great. Uh, But then also the first class we had was HTML and CSS. And I realized that I know this, like, this is things that I already know. Because when I was a kid, I had a, a thing called Lunastorm, which is like a community, like uh, Myspace, I guess. Uh, and back then there were no plugins, so you had to do it yourself. So and I'm I'm quite competitive. So I always wanted to have like the best looking page. I was sitting there all the time, like us- using code to make it pretty. And uh, so sitting there in my first lesson and realizing that, oh, I know this. That was such a eye-opening moment for me and something really important because from that moment on, I n- never felt out of place. In the- Of course, I've been in situations where I felt out of place or felt like, oh no, I don't know anything. But from that moment, I had some type of confidence in that I actually know some of this. It's not rocket science.
0: I think that's for a lot of women. They feel it's a male dominated area. They'll feel lost. They won't have anyone to, to turn to. And obviously, that's not how it is when you're actually in in the industry as well. Yeah. And even walking in, this is, you know, the, the innovation hub, there's a, a very mixed gender
1: yeah. balance
0: <laughs> here as well, which is really positive. Do you think that's something much more uh, Sweden-based or it's all around the world,
1: you know, the women getting into the tech industry and innovation? I don't know. I... I, I I used to work at Microsoft, and then I had colleagues all over the world that were both male and female. And I worked in a really tech-focused, like uh, development-focused team. So most of my coworkers in that team were like really skilled developers, and of course most of them were were men, but there were some females and they were quite spread all over the world. So uh, I I guess there probably are some countries where there are more percentage-wise females, but I don't think that Sweden is, uh, unfortunately, not very specific in it. And do you think that's because there hasn't been as many female role models? There's no
0: one in the industry, well, there is now, but <laughs> previously <Yeah. laughs> there, there wasn't as many females in the industry for others to look up to, or girls. As you, know, as you were saying, you thought it would just be guys wearing T shirts yeah. pale in their basements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that a stereotype that still needs to be broken down to be shattered for yeah. women to, into absolutely,
1: the Absolutely. I mean that's always, you know, when you especially when you're young, you know, when you look at what you want to be, you want to be something because you see someone else doing it. I mean, role models are so important through all of your life, but especially when you're young and in the tech industry, there really haven't been so many, uh, strong, strong is the wrong word, but like females who has sticked out and, and shown the way for others. And if you look at uh, young people nowadays and you ask young girls or young females, like, well, where do you want to work? There are still not many who says they want to work in the tech industry. And a thing that a lot of young women says, though, is that they don't want, they would never want to work in a company that feels unequal. And that became becomes a big problem, because if you have a company where it's mostly only male and you, as a female, don't want to work at a place that feels unequal, I mean, how are you then going to get more females into the industry and to those workplaces?
0: Exactly, and you had quite, I mean, you went from doing your degree straight into
1: Microsoft. How did you get your foot in the door there? Yeah, so actually when I was, while I was a student and, and actually already from the beginning when i started to study i started to engage a lot in why are there so few females who are studying tech and also of all the females who are study studying tech why are there so few who actually continue to work in the tech industry because a lot of females are studying something within tech but then they don't end up in the tech industry anyway uh, so, because of that engagement, I got uh, nominated and became finalist in a competition that is called IT Girl of the Year, and uh, Microsoft is the company who arranged that competition. Um, so, I guess that was the first time when I realized that Microsoft is more than just Skype and uh, uh, Office. <laughs> um, and um, I, I remember that back then I got uh, because I was we had this like big dinner uh, award ceremony. And um, then I um, uh, sat right next to a woman who worked at Microsoft as uh, quite a high manager. And then some years later when I was uh, like looking for a job, because when I was uh, starting to get done with my studies at university, I really felt that I want to work at a big tech company. I want to be at you know a big corporate. Um, because in my head back then, that was like the... Uh, uh, proof of that you had succeed like if you come in like if you get accepted to a big tech company I mean then you then you're all set <laughs> basically So I started to look at the big tech companies like Facebook and Microsoft and Google and Amazon And um, I found out that Microsoft have a trainee program uh, So I decided to apply for that but uh, obviously no you, you need to stick out in whatever you do So I actually reached out to this woman that I met uh, back when I was uh, nominated for the competition because we actually became friends on Facebook and she always posted, you know, pictures of her dogs and I usually like disliked them and sometimes when I posted something, she liked it. So we, it wasn't like we had to talk for some years, but we still like, you know, I still know that, okay, she probably remembers me. So then I wrote to her and asked like how, uh, if she had any advice, like when applying for that internship. And she said, like, of course you need to be like, the, like you need to be the one who gets that internship. But she didn't didn't work in Sweden then anymore. She worked in the U.S. So she actually sent uh, an email directly to the head recruiter on Ireland and said that this is Caroline. Uh, give her all the information she needs to apply. So I guess, like, you know, I already had a <laughs> a good way in from her. Uh, and but then obviously also, I mean, I had to go through all of the 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 process of getting when I mean, it was a really long process so uh, it was well deserved but still I think that I mean network is always so important and for me that's always been like something that leads me that everyone you meet I mean they might not um, uh, be va- valuable whatever you should say right now but they can always be in the future and That's why I always try to, like every person I meet, like always be nice to everyone and always show your best side to everyone, no matter who that person is. Now, of course, the first time I met her, she was already like a high manager at Microsoft. But I mean, it could still like whenever, like whoever you meet, like always treat them well, always show your best side because there will be a point when that person could help you or you can help them. So note to self, like people's dog.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. You're you're definitely
1: worthy of it. Usually, like in every recruitment process, I mean, the first step is the hardest because there it's, I mean, there's so many applying. I mean, how do you stick out? That's like, you have to find a way to be a bit different in the beginning because then it's not so much who actually would be the best person. They just have to, like, in some way look through all the applications and find some people to take further so do you think you can still network in this way if you're new to sweden when i'm obviously it's it's easy for me because i speak the language i'm not trying to compare myself to someone who used to arrive to sweden but when i moved to stockholm i didn't know anyone I, I, I had one friend, and that was my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> and now, like, now I have a really, really big network. I know people, like, almost everywhere I go. And I, I meet someone that I know. And I have so many people who help me out in different, in different ways. So I think that no matter who you are, and of course it's harder if you don't know the language, but luckily Sweden is a place where a lot of people speak English at least, uh, to just put yourself in a situation where you meet new people... So when I moved here, I started my first company. Like my first week here, I started my first startup, and because of that, I started to go to a lot of entrepreneur meetups uh, all the time. <laughs> and uh, due to that, I got to know so 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 many people, and um, so so for me that was like where I met all my friends and. Uh, and as I said earlier, I mean, when I met them, they were just like me, just noobs in the in the entrepreneur scene who didn't really know much. And we were all young and just, you know, hanged out. But nowadays, some of them are really, really successful, doing really, really cool things, having really, really uh, cool startups or they work at uh, big uh, corporations or whatever. But just start meeting people and doing it. the right reasons because I think there's a lot of people who go to those type of mingles and feel like they have an agenda and they just like oh I'm going to talk to everybody in this room and you can really see how they like time themselves they like introduce themselves to someone and then barely listen to what that person say and then they go to the next one Uh, or they just uh, ask what that person work with and if that person doesn't have the right title they just move along uh, again so for me just going to places where there are a lot of people who has the same interest as you and just talk and you don't have to talk with everybody in the room it's okay if you go there and talk to one person then we will get to know that person good instead i mean it's Good to have a big network, but it still needs to be quality over quantity. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you said you had a startup. What's your first startup? Oh, my first startup was the worst business idea ever. <laughs> we called ourselves Greedify, and it was a greeting card, so a physical card with a QR code on it, so you could attach a personal video message. There's not many people buying greeting cards and there's not many people using QR codes. So together, it was not a great hit. But we we actually managed to stay alive for one and a half years. We were in five different stores in Stockholm. We got nominated to several awards and we were named in magazines and stuff. So that really taught me that, you know, that with passion, you can come such a long way because we were so passionate about this uh, startup. We really, really wanted it to succeed. We were sure of that. We would revolutionize the greeting card industry, and you know, it's. Uh, I learned so much, so I, I don't regret a second of it. Uh, but looking back, it was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's really positive though because you learned so much. Exactly.
0: Sometimes you have to fail a few times, and then you learn exactly. so much more from doing it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I
1: mean, I'm really glad that I wasted so many uh, like bad choices on a bad idea. <laughs>
0: And then did you have another startup after that? Or, you've, or you went to Microsoft and now you're at the head of innovation? How, how did the process go Oh, What yeah. does it look like? You're yeah, a, it's map, a, a it's, map. It's a big mess, to be <laughs> honest.
1: No, but after that uh, startup, because before that, I never seen myself as an entrepreneur or someone who comes up with ideas. Uh, but all of a sudden, everyone around me started to see me as an entrepreneur and started to see me as someone who, you know, is innovative and comes up with ideas. So then I started to do that as well. And that was a really incredible feeling. And I I wanted everybody to feel that feeling. So I started up an entrepreneur association at Stockholm University uh, and it became a great success, but we had a big problem. And that was that everybody was studying the same thing, which was uh, business. So everybody had pretty much the same background, pretty much the same knowledge, uh, wanted to do the same things. <laughs> and that's great if you just want to hang out, but it's not great if you want to start companies together. So I reached out to all the other entrepreneur associations at all the other universities uh, in Stockholm, Gothenburg and Uppsala and asked if we should do something together. So And they wanted to, so we created an um, uh, organization that's called Unipreneurs Network, that is uh, the, the aim to be at all universities in Sweden to make students with an entrepreneurial mind be able to meet other students with other backgrounds, educations and other universities. Uh, and through that, uh, I organized the uh, uh, Swedish largest uh, entrepreneur hackathon for students. Uh, so that happens every year. Uh, so both that is like both that hackathon and the network are still ongoing and happening, even though I have left several years ago. So that feels that's something that I'm really, really proud of. Um, and yeah, so then I started to work at Microsoft, um, and while I was working at Microsoft, uh, uh, MeToo happened. And uh, um, when that happened, I was the init- 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 how do you say? I okay, organise I took the, initi- the initiator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> initiator. <laughs> it's a hard word. <laughs> yeah, uh, an organizer of uh, me, the MeToo demonstrations that happened in 14 cities in Sweden. And and because of that, I got a lot of media attention, of course, and I got asked to come and talk at different conferences and so on. So one of the conferences I was speaking at after uh, after the demonstrations was called Sime. And when I was sitting backstage, uh, all of a sudden uh, Isabella Lövengrip comes into the room. And uh, Isabella Lövengrip is uh, one of Sweden's biggest influencers. And, um, and she goes around and say hi to everybody in the room and uh, we who are there we just try our best you know to not be too starstruck. <laughs> uh, but all of a sudden someone is shouting out but but you are Carolyn Surge and then it becomes like a really weird like feeling in the room because I can see everybody is like looking at me, looking at Isabella and like who are you? I mean Isabella Love group is standing here, who are you? And it turns out that the person who shout out my name, his name is Linus. And Linus and Isabella was there together to launch Nordic Tech House on stage at this conference. Uh, and me and Linus had met several years ago when we both were students and I had just started up this organization, Unipreneurs Network. And I was out talking about it and you know, just preaching about how great it is you know, to meet with diversity and meet people with different backgrounds and experiences and so on. And Linus had just started his first startup and he saw me speak, and he, I, he told me now afterwards that he had got just like, wow, what a girl, what a cool girl. Like, when I have my own, like, when I have my, uh, like, a real company, I'm gonna hire Caroline Zurghayr. And then we met several years later at this conference, and uh, we had a lunch, and he told me about everything that Noritecas does, and I just thought that, wow, what a cool company. And then some months later again, I decided it was time to leave Microsoft because what I realized is that I'm not a corporate person. And that's really hard to know before you start to work. And I noticed this a lot because I have a lot of young people who follow me on Instagram that uh, write to me and ask me and say that i am just started working and I don't feel that I fit in, I don't feel that I do my best job here, I don't understand what's wrong with me. And I felt the same thing at Microsoft that... I really wanted, like out, like, before I started there, my goal was, was like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to be, you know, famous. Everybody's going to talk about Caroline Choir, who does such a great work and, you know, it's just amazing. And then I got there and I didn't, I wasn't that person and I couldn't understand why because I never felt that I was doing my best job. I never felt that, you know, I found a way for me to work that made me great. And, and then I come to terms with that. It's no, there's nothing wrong with Microsoft and there's nothing wrong with me. It's just that I'm an entrepreneur by heart and I need, I, I like to be in a small company where I can be part of making the company move forward, which you can't on Microsoft when you're, <laughs> I mean, when you're in a small country as Sweden and uh, the headquarters in the US and every, yeah, so I come to terms with that. I. I'm not supposed to be here. Um, so then I quit and my first thought was like, what do I not want to do now? And then I thought, I want to be at Nordic Tech House. So I sent Linus a text and I said, let's do this. <laughs> and I got the role here as head of innovation. And that feels really amazing looking back at that uh, young girl who never thought she could come up with ideas. And now that's my job. <laughs> Done so
0: many. i return to Nordic Tech House and what it means. But I mean, when I googled your name, it comes up with so many. Yeah. Things. It's like, uh, did you get the IT woman of of the year? Yes, just a few days ago. Yes, as well. last week. Yes, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So you were the girl, and now you're the river. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: Britney Spears. Song. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, growing up. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but that feels really amazing because for me that, I'm. It's the same thing. Like if if some if. Someone some years ago would have told me... Actually, last week was a crazy week for me. Because I got nominated IT Woman of the Year, uh, which feels incredible. Uh, Some months ago, I did a TEDx talk, and that was released last week.
0: Is that the one on activism? Yes,
1: yes, exactly. So that was finally released. And then I also... um, Um, I was interviewed at a place called Startup Grind, which you know was one of the places when I moved here uh, uh, when I was uh, younger. That was one of the places I started to go to to meet other entrepreneurs, and they always interview a person at at stage. And I always remember, wow, that's so cool. I always like, I really wanted to be that person they interview, and now I was. So. So, so yeah, it happened last week. Happened a lot of things, and they also actually during that interview they surprised me because we had some pre-interviews just to pract- like, just to like get to know me better. And one thing they asked me then was like, "What is your biggest dream right now?" And I told them that my biggest dream right now is to be an actress, which is completely different from what I'm doing now. But ever since I was a really small girl, that has always been my dream. I want to be in a, like, I want to be in a movie. It's always been a dream, and I don't know why I haven't done anything with that but I told them that and Then during the interview, they ask me that question again and I tell them again the answer. And then all of a sudden this um, um, uh, guy stands up in the crowd and I know him from before. Uh, Also from like the beginning when I moved here and was at all these events and so on. And he says that I used to work as a producer and now I'm going to help you. Uh, So we're going to practice doing a monologue, we're going to film it, we're going to take like actor pictures. And we're going to, when everything is done and perfect, we're going to send it to agents. So, I mean, that's just also... So all these things happened in the end of last week. (laughs) So last week was a really intense week. a a very big week. But really great. And it's... All of those things shows, like... They really, like, represent so many things in my life. Like, IT Woman of the Year really represents all the hard work that I put down during these years. Because, as you said, I've done a lot of things. But that has also taken a lot from me. Like, I have... Prioritized my career over a lot of other things. I have put so many hours, so many, so much passion into it, uh, and uh, that thing with the actress thing is just so great because it really shows that if you're a good person and nice to people, other people wants to do nice things things to you. Because obviously, I mean, this guy he doesn't get paid for doing this, or the people that started I Crying didn't get paid or any credit for finding him and asking him. It was just you know they. Probably, I guess, thinks that I'm a nice person and they want to help me because they appreciate me. And I always, I, it's, I never been nice to any of them because I thought, oh, in uh, some years time they can help me become an actress. I mean, it's just because it's it's nice to be nice to people and I used to meet people. So so yes, I think all these things comes together in all of my big values. So it's, yeah, it's great. So how would you describe yourself then as a person? I mean, you, you use the word nice. Yeah. <laughs> Quite often
0: being nice to others yeah. is, you know, a big core of who you are. Why do you think you have this amazing ability, perhaps, network that has all these uh, gifts come back on you? You know, like what you you put out, you, you get back. Yeah. So how would you describe yourself then as a person?
1: I think yeah. I think I'm I'm very curious. And I think that's really important because I always, like, I really enjoy meeting new people because I'm curious about them. And I want to, I love to listen to people's life stories because I think everybody has a fantastic life story. You just have to learn how to tell it. I mean, I can tell my life story in a very interesting way, but I could also tell it in a really boring way. So I think that, and something that I really enjoy is, like, like helping people grow and making, because... I feel that I put a lot of effort in making myself grow and challenge, challenge how I see myself how I see the world because if I do that I can you grow so much as a person and I really enjoy helping others do that as well because there are so many people who they just put themselves in a box and decided that this is who I am this is how I should live my life and then they used stay there forever and they never see anything outside that box but if you start to use Challenge that box and see that okay. Why have I decided that I'm not the person who can do that thing or why? Have I decided I must do things this way you can really grow so much and I really enjoy Doing that with others like because I enjoy doing it for myself as well but to help others grow is something that I feel is really Satisfying for myself as well, <laughs> as well. Uh, so I think that I'm curious and I mean I use the word nice because I think The word nice uh, at least in swedish and i guess in english as well is used in a bad way often you say that someone is nice when you mean that they maybe are a bit dorky or uh, they don't dare to say like speak the truth or whatever or or if you just like they are plain like oh they're nice but for me the word nice like it's such a great word because it means that you care about others it means that you are because i think there's also a big difference between like care about others and like, but, but you also have to care about yourself and if because if you don't if you're not like selfish in the way that you actually always put yourself first and make sure that you feel good and you feel strong or or whatever, you can't do that to others. So it always have to start with yourself and you have to take that time and allow yourself to like okay first of all I need to prioritize that I feel good that I feel safe and everything and then I can focus on others but many times you start to focus on others too soon and then you know you forget yourself you you lose yourself so so I really enjoy the word nice I think it's a everybody should try to be more nice and I think uh, uh, yeah it's uh, it's a compliment
0: (laughs) definitely I mean uh, you've been quite strong as an individual though since you were 14 how many people are allowed to Yeah, (laughs) chef on the sea um, at such an early age and obviously your parents put a lot of trust in you.
1: Yeah, but Um, I mean I I always been really individual like I always enjoyed like doing things on my own and put a lot of pride in that Um, and when I looking back at my life the things that I am most proud of in my life is usually things that I've done by myself. And I remember like one of my first really strong memory from when I was a kid was when I was, the first time I was home alone uh, because my dad worked night shift. So he was home sleeping. Oh, he was home, but he was sleeping. And my mom and my sister went to the grocery store and she asked like, are you coming? And I said, no, I want to stay home. And she's like, okay. And, like, that half an hour or whatever it was, like, was the best time. I was just, like, it's only me here and I can do whatever I want. Like, <laughs> How old were you then when that uh, happened? I guess I was, I need to have been maybe, like, four or something. So, or may, I, I, at least, I know that I wasn't older because we moved from that house when I was four or four and a half or something. So before that, but, and, and my, I mean, my dad was home. He was just sleeping. So <laughs> it's okay. We won't yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's> fine. <laughs> no, but so I always enjoy doing things by myself. And I think that my parents know that. And at least, you know, when I was out on the boat, they know where I was. And this boat that I was on in the beginning, they weren't really like, they were only going by the coast. So maybe, uh, the west coast of Sweden and Norway and Denmark so they didn't go like super far and looking back at it I mean my friends at that age they were out drinking smoking and I was on a boat so I mean to be honest like in, in looking back I, uh, my parents probably did the right choice by putting me on the boat or allowing me to go with the boat uh,
0: do you, yeah do you think you've always been so confident though or do you, have you had some times sort of insecurity though because you seem so confident oh. <laughs> I mean sometimes especially as a young girl growing up you know you I found that I had lots of times where I doubted myself you know like every aspect of myself yeah did you have that as well or have you always have your parents instilled this this self-belief or you know just something that's internal yeah. in yeah theory,
1: no I definitely have a lot of insecurities as well and I think that what. What has been different for me when I talked, what I realize later now when I'm older, when I talk to friends about being young is that when I was younger and still I have this unexplainable urge to always be different and I don't know why that is but I always felt that I don't want to be as everybody else and I think that's like when you're young especially you always want to be like you want to be part of the group. Uh, so I don't know why I had that urge, but I think that was one of the reasons I wanted to go out on the seas and just do other things. But of course, I always also had a lot of insecurities. For example, when I was uh, I, when I was studying at the gymnasium or high school, um, I always, I, after that, I always felt really stupid. Because everybody was always telling me, like, if you're, studying, if you're going to chef school, you're stupid because no one studies that if you're like if you can get in at another education you would do it and so on so of course I always had insecurities about that I have a lot of insecurities about my body which I'm actually working a lot with now because I feel that to love yourself from the inside and out it's so important because I mean you you can't spend your entire life uh, caring about like things that doesn't really matter and but it does for yourself. I mean, we all go around thinking about how we hate our arms or our stomach or our face or whatever it is, and it takes so much unnecessary energy. Uh, so I I have a lot of insecurities, um, but I try to work on them and I try to always see them in a neutral light. Like when I feel like when I get a bad thought about myself, I always try to like think about it and like why why am I thinking this and how can I change it.
0: And certainly, change and how you can personally change the situation is something that has occupied your thoughts quite recently after you're a co initiator of the Me Too movement here in
1: Sweden. Has activism always been important to you? Yeah, I always I always have like, been fighting for people who can't, like for others who can't fight themselves, and I always find that really important to. Uh, and even if it's uh, people or animals or whatever, to actually be the voice for those who can't speak, and uh, for me to, especially like with the Me Too movement, to be part of, be part of that and be part of helping other people realizing that things that have happened in their life is not their fault, they are not the ones to be blamed, and they are certainly not alone, uh, has been really um, uh, an honor, actually.
0: In Sweden, I'm sure people were very grateful to have an initiator, a figurehead, someone advocating for their rights. Because sometimes it's very difficult to stand up personally, but you had that ability.
1: Yeah, so definitely. you know a lot of confidence
0: to be able to to be out there. And have you had a lot of negative repercussions from doing that, or has it been quite positive?
1: Uh, it's been quite positive, but uh, there were quite a lot of negativity as well, both from men and women. Uh, there were a lot of women who wrote and said that oh but i never experienced sexism and they said it in a way as if if i haven't experienced it that no one has basically Uh, and um, also i had a lot of men calling me and asked me you know why do i hate all men and those type of things but i mean those calls were always from hidden numbers so i feel that you know if you're a grown person a grown man who calls a young woman and try to threaten her uh, and can't even show who you are, I mean, that's not a very brave person. So I was never afraid, but of course it wasn't nice to get those calls.
0: And you're sort of now pushing new ideas forward and new beliefs, but as head of innovation.
1: You know, you're definitely forward thinking. So what does your role entail now? It's a quite of a mixed role, actually. So uh, one part is the innovation part where I work both in house with our company and uh, with the business development, uh, but we are working with different entrepreneurs and different companies and help them. So the other part is that I'm in charge of our innovation team and our development team. So making sure that they deliver what they are supposed to to our customers. Uh, and then one part is that I'm out. Uh, out talking because I work as a public speaker by the side, and then sometimes I do it uh, like from Nordic Tech House. So, being out talking about Nordic Tech House, making people like Nordic Tech House and understand what we're doing, and then I'm in the management team. So there's also some boring admin stuff. And <laughs> what
0: exactly is Nordic Tech House doing for people that might not have heard about it um, yeah. previously?
1: So we we help uh, e-commerce or e-commerce uh, build their brands basically. So. We have three different steps, which is innovation, development and growth. So in the innovation phase, we work mainly with new entrepreneurs who have a new idea or um, already established business that might want to go into a new business area or um, company organization that maybe feel a bit old, they need to you know refresh themselves. Uh, and then we do different innovation workshops, we do design screens, we do research uh, uh, and so on. Uh, In the development phase, we build and we build mostly e-commerce since that is what we're working with. But we also do ordinary web pages and apps. Uh, And then we have a growth phase where we work with, like, it's not growth hacking. I mean, growth hacking is such a big word, but we work with digital uh, marketing uh, to help companies grow fast online.
0: Are there any noticeable trends you've seen in this sector? I know that sustainability is really at the core of many businesses nowadays. And you also believe that artificial intelligence will become a big part of the retail sector in the future as well
1: yeah i mean there's there's definitely um a sustainability trend, which I feel is great because to be honest, like for me like my big goal in life, like my end goal is to save the world <laughs> uh and so to work in the beginning, I thought like when i when I got more like realized what multitech was doing, I started to think like. Does this really go with my goal to work with e-commerce brand and help them sell more? Which, of course, it doesn't. But at the same time, you can also be the one helping e-commerce entrepreneurs understand how to be more sustainable and how can you as a e-commerce uh, or a retailer in general, how can you help your customers to do more sustainable choices without that meaning that you're losing money? Uh, so uh, I th- obviously, that's a really important um, um, area for me like I, I really I think that's really really important uh, and then yes I mean one big trend that you can see within retail is uh, that before p- many stores have seen their offline and their online stores as two separate things and even as competitors and you have been fighting for the same customers when the trend now which is that people starting to realize that offline and online I mean goes hand in hand they help each other and a lot of uh, offline stores like real stores uh, they are shutting down uh, people are buying more and more online and you talk about like the, the store death or whatever to call it um, but there are a lot of things like you need to be um, um, you need to be offline as well and you can see a lot of stores like for example uh, Nudi opened uh, a store in Amsterdam uh, the first store in Holland and due to that, their sales in Holland, uh, in like online and offline, uh, increased with like 200%. I, and I don't sure about the exact numbers, but it increased a lot. Uh, and that is because all of a sudden people could actually see the brand. You were out walking and you saw the, uh, the you saw the logo, you could go into the store and you could feel on the fabrics and realize, okay, this is good quality or or, or whatever. So, to have uh, offline present is really important. Uh, but the question is. What does the future of a store look like? Because it might not be what it is now, because people might not buy anything in the store. But you still want to go there, you still want to feel connected to the brand in some way. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges that retailers has right now, to understand what should the offline store do. You've
0: also been in newspapers discussing how more online retailers are turning to artificial intelligence to help shoppers find clothes for their bodies, budget and personal style.
1: Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, the the nice thing would be in a real store is that you can talk to a cashier or someone in the store and they can help you and say that uh, if you, for example, if you want to buy a, um, a pink shirt, I mean, if you go to a store, you will talk to someone in the store and you will like they will see you and maybe see your style and you will also talk to them and they will find you a pink shirt that you will probably like. But if you are in an online store, you will just like put in like pink shirt and you will get all the suggestions with, I mean, there will be a lot that you don't like and don't care about. You want to go there and you want to know, like you want to get the right recommendations. So definitely, I mean, there are a lot of things that technology can do to improve the online experience, but also the offline experience. Like when you go into a store, you can have... Uh, sensors that are feeling like okay you are in a bad mood so we're putting on music that will make you feel better or you know we can see like okay this is a female walking into the store so we're showing uh, ads for female clothes or whatever so uh, technology will definitely play a big part in retail in the future so you think that technology is an area that young people should look into yeah absolutely i mean as, as my old boyfriend told me, I mean tech is the future and uh, it certainly will continue to be and I think that the problem when you're talking about tech is that you, you should, like, there's a lot of focus on development and uh, you think that okay if I'm working in tech I need to code, uh, which first of all is not true, there are a lot of things that you can do within tech that is not uh, programming. But then the second thing is that you also talk about programming as if that is something that is incredibly hard. Like you're talking about it as if it is rocket science or brain surgery, which it's not. I mean, if you just like put some time into it, you can learn it really fast. Uh, So I think that first of all, we need to stop talking about programming as something hard because it's not. uh, It's not easy, but it's not hard. Uh, And and then because I think that if you're going to work in the tech industry, I think it's important to at least have some understanding of coding. You don't have to work with it. I don't work as a coder and I would never want to work as a coder because I don't like sitting by my computer, uh, at least not that much. Uh, But if I hadn't understand code at all, it would have been really difficult, especially just because of the feeling that you, you don't understand a lot of the things that people are talking about and you would also feel really insecure because you would know that you have a big gap in knowledge so I think that if you want to work in tech, uh, even like you don't have to go to the university to study. There's a lot of great other ways to learn. Uh, but I think definitely start with understand, like go some kind of coding course or start to learn yourself. There's also some, like a lot of free stuff on the internet. But I think that's a good start. Uh, but also keep in mind that you don't have to do that later. Just do it to understand it.
0: And if you weren't going to be a, an actress, yeah, uh, I mean, you just every path. No, I to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, where else do you see your future headed in this industry?
1: Yeah, so I definitely want to have my own company, uh, and that's mostly because I really, like, I really enjoy create, like, starting up things and creating stuff. And uh, as I said earlier, like, I my end goal with life is to save the world. So I really want to have a company that does something really good and. Social entrepreneurship is something that I'm really interested in because I think to find something that is both really good but also have a sustainable business model where you actually make money, that is so important. Because there are a lot of uh, organizations where they do good things but they, don't get, like, they only get uh, money from others. And then you are super dependent of those people who give you money. But if you find a way to make your own money, you decide where to put the money. Which is really important because you're the expert because you have the company. Um, so I don't know what it is yet. I don't know even know what area uh, because I have so many areas where I think, uh, I, where I like where my heart is, where I care a lot, and where I want like areas that I want to do better. So I don't know what yet, and maybe not even like my first company won't be like a super focused on social entrepreneurship. Uh, maybe it will be yet another learning company uh, before, but uh, in the end definitely something with tech and something that is really good for the world. You've trained as a personal trainer
0: as well (laughs) because when i googled you as i said so many things came up i was like can this be the same
1: yeah (laughs) i mean it's since i have a pretty rare last name it's a uh, but otherwise definitely people think they were different people
0: so i mean you could go into the health industry
1: and you've got your
0: animal activism as well the social activism with the whole me too movement yeah there are so many possibilities and you really as one person you show how varied someone in the tech industry can be. Yeah, You're so varied. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. And I think that's important to know, like you don't have to do one thing for the rest of your life. You can do something and then you do something else. Uh, but to have like a solid ground to stand on, to have like, for example, a good education to stand on and know that, okay, whatever happens, I can go back to this. And I think for me, like I always been taking a lot of risks, uh, which is the reason I've done so many different things. And I think for me to have like a, like being an educated chef uh is the reason I dare to take a lot of risks because in my head I I always think that I mean whatever happens I can always go back to being a chef people always need food so I mean if I would get fired from here and didn't like no one else wanted to hire me in the tech industry I will be a chef I mean there's no or I can be a personal trainer now because of them, since I'm an educated personal trainer as well so 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 yeah I think um it's, uh, you don't certainly don't have to do one thing for the rest of your life. I mean, you're a very inspirational
0: person. Are there like other uh, people that have inspired you as well that others could look to or Google? <laughs> so you have your face and like other four other people
1: that they could inspire to be like. For me, like actually, and this this person you can't really Google. I don't know if he will show. But my biggest inspiration is actually my dad uh, because he has a really uh, Interesting background where he even he's from this also from a small island uh, on the west coast not the same place um, and he grown up in a really Christian society and uh, When my parents, when I was 20 my parents got a divorce my dad divorced my mom and uh, some years later He came out as a homosexual and he's been living his entire like he was over 60 years old when he came out and he's been living His entire life. He's been living 60 60 years being told that he's sick being told that he's wrong, being told that, you know, he needs to be cured. And to be that strong, to come out at that old age and, you know, be, I guess he was also, like, always really scared that he would destroy our family and, you know, that we will be ashamed of him or something, you know. But even through all of that, being true to yourself and doing what you know is right in your heart, uh, that's something that inspires me every day. And uh, I'm so proud that he's my dad. Uh, so, so he's my biggest inspiration, but other than that, I, I have a lot of, like, I think I always try to be around people that are, that I feel is one step ahead of me. So, when, whatever I do, I feel that I have people around me that I always, you know, has to chase a little bit. And at the same time, I feel, I think they feel the same about me. So, it's not, uh, you know, it's, uh, it goes both ways. Uh, so... People who always is like one step ahead of me, but also who are really nice, nice people who always support me, always help me, always tell me that when I do something great, they always tell me. Like now, for example, when I had this week of craziness, I, I had so many friends who was like, Carolyn, have you celebrated?" Because I, I'm I'm really bad at that. i used to continue and like, "Oh, next week I'm doing that and that and that." And all of my friends say, like, Carolyn, you just need to calm down and think about this week, think about what you achieved, and be proud of yourself. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I have people around me all the time that just inspire me crazy lot. Do you
0: think you'll ever slow down, though? I mean, <laughs> you're 28, aren't you? Yes.
1: She...
0: <laughs> so do you think you'll ever slow down, or that's just who you are? You're a type A personality. Yeah. No,
1: I think, like, when I... I, I really... I... I the things I do I do because I enjoy it and because it makes me feel alive so I don't do stuff just to get money or get fame I do it because it makes me feel great uh, so as long as I continue like and when I don't do stuff I just feel like uh, restless and uh, almost uh, anxious so as long as it feels good, I'm going to continue to to run fast. (laughs)
0: Oh, would that be like your key to young teenagers, uh, that, especially feeling a bit lost? Do what you care about, what you're passionate about, what makes you feel good.
1: Yeah, definitely, because I think there are so many people who will tell you, like, do this or do that, and I see so many people around me who only do things because it's uh, going to look good at their resume. But in the end, I mean... That doesn't really matter because if you're not doing something you like, you're not doing a good job. Maybe you can force yourself to doing a kind of good job, but you will never be excellent, honestly, if you don't really like what you're doing. And you will never be able to continue to do it. Like, just like you said, I mean, yes, I'm doing a lot of stuff, but it's never boring. Sometimes, Sometimes I do boring stuff, but when I'm sitting there doing that boring thing, I think of like... The bigger picture, and I get excited anyway, and I I go through the boring and not so fun things. So yeah, do what you love, and uh, and do it like don't do something just because someone else told you you should do it because you want to and you know that it's good for you.
0: And I think that's a really key point that you made there, though. Like sometimes when you're in high school and you're doing your studies and think, "Gosh, this is really boring," you have to think about the bigger picture yeah, and the end
1: goal, exactly. rather than give up. Yeah, because I mean, I have so many things where if I had started them and just thought about the things I need to do to start them, I would never start. Like, but when I whatever I do, I always see myself when it's done. Like the feeling I get when, oh, now I did this project and it's done and i feel like wow i accomplished this thing that i never thought i would do uh so never focus on like it's the same like if you're going to run a mile you will never do it like if you were focusing on the first 200 like 200 meters because then it's super boring but if you focus on the feeling when you're done running you will start running So yeah, that's
0: very good. I think I'll have to put that on my fridge. Just remember to focus on the end goal. Yeah. Um. Just one last question back with the uh, IT woman of the year. Yeah. Why did? uh, Was it because of what the work you've done
1: with Nordic Tech House? Why were you selected? Uh, Yeah. Good question. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I think like since I started work, like since I started to study tech, I've been doing a lot of different initiatives to get more females to study tech. And then, of course, the Me Too movement has been a big part in, like, my work for general in to end uh, sexism and, and and so on. Uh, but then I also like I work a lot with this on my social medias and just like try to be a good role model, try to show uh, younger both guys and girls, but maybe especially young females, like how, like how it is to work in the tech industry. And I have a lot of uh, young women reaching out to me, like every week asking like oh i well i want to work in the tech industry like what did you study or what should i do or i've been thinking about going this education what do you think or i'm just done with my with my studies so do you have any like where what do you think is a good workplace and so on so i feel that i mean I, I work with it like in an inspirational way all the time and I think that is really important because when you talk a lot about the tech industry and uh, equality there's a lot of negativity you talk about how few women there are how sexist it is and, and so on and then of course no one wants to work in that industry if you just hear all these bad things so I'm just trying like in my everyday life you show the good thing like the good side the positive side and also be out like i do a lot of lectures and public speaking where i'm just out talking about like what different type of works can you have in the tech industry what are the cool technologies that exist that are really like futuristic and so on
0: and what do you say to women um in terms of like why they should enter the tech industry there what's the the words of encouragement and what do you think are the the cool futuristic
1: uh things that they should study to get into the, the industry yeah i mean i like why you should study tech is because it is the future, and if you want to be a part of shaping the future, you need to know like you need you don't need to code, but you need to understand the basic of technology because it will give you a lot of power, and if you have power, you will be part of shaping the future. So I think that to know some basic in tech will give you that power um and then since everything is going. Like everything is digitalized. So whatever industry you will be working in, you will be working in the tech industry. And almost no matter what job you are doing, it will be a tech job. I mean, nowadays, you don't like marketing you do digital marketing. You work with uh, uh, design, but it's like UX, UI, and everything is technology. Uh, so if you're, if you're not studying technology, you're, you're missing out. <laughs> and uh, I mean there's so many cool areas uh, I really think AI is an interesting area I think it's a little bit like overtalked like I don't know the, like people are like it's a bit like blah 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 AI, AI it's a bit it's too hype. yeah it's yeah. a real buzzword and a bit too hyped sometimes uh, but I still think it's a really cool technology there's a lot of possibilities and it's really growing really fast Um My favorite area within tech is cybersecurity. I think that's so exciting. I Actually, when I was studying, I worked as a cybersecurity consultant on the side, and I really, really enjoyed that area. Uh, It's really cool, you know, with hackers and how to protect yourself and everything. Uh, But then, I mean, um, um, when I worked at Microsoft, I worked a lot with uh, HoloLens, so mixed reality, so VR and uh, AR, uh, which is cool. And I mean, I don't know, like it feels like those technologies, need some more time before they really will become cool. But I think definitely there there will be, um, I mean, there still are in some ways, but I mean, t- until we can get some real value out of them, Same with blockchain, it's like it's a cool technology, uh, still needs some more time before it will be like usable. But when it is, I think we will have a lot of benefits from it. Uh, I mean I could go on forever, there are so many, like, are so many cool areas within uh, technology and uh, it will just continue, like it feels like all the time there's something new popping up.
0: There's, well, there's a lot of areas that people can think about Yes, there. definitely. Then,
1: perfect. Is there anything else you want to add? I think you've
0: really, yeah. <laughs> really summed up the whole industry and yourself. So yeah, to...
1: No, but I think that I, the most important l- l- thing is that whatever you want to work with, or whatever you want to do with your, in your life, There will be a tech side of it. So try to think about that. My sister is a great example. She was studying design when she was studying at the university to become um, like a designer or buyer at the big uh, clothing companies. But that industry is so competitive and people are getting so like used and mistreated and people are really like posh and uh, unnice. And uh, so now I tried to like push her a bit and so now she's actually studying UX, UI. I mean, she loves it. It's still design, it's still color, it's still shapes, but it's on a computer and she will work in an industry where there's a lot of jobs. She will definitely get a job when she's done and she will still working with design, but on a computer. So I think that whatever you want to do, you can always like, OK, I like like this is all, it's my interest. How can I do that in tech? Because there like everything will be a tech version of uh, and it will be fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. I mean,
1: UX. Uh, yeah,
0: it's it's, it's design. It's, it's think about people. It's not that yeah old
1: tech focus. Exactly. You know, like, tech is so much more nowadays. Definitely. Well, I mean, yeah. if you want to work with crime, I mean, you can go into cybersecurity. It's super cool. And or I mean, whatever. Like, there is something for everyone. Uh, and also, don't be afraid of coding because it's not that hard as some people try to make it uh, look like.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for your insights and joining us today.